Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. We are live. Asia Tech Podcast in the Asia Tech Podcast studio here in Singapore. Graham Brown with Daniel Shen. Daniel, welcome. Hi. Good to have you here. We're going to talk about Sokol, yep. blockchain, fintech, all that stuff. We're going to talk about... Well, I mean, it's interesting that what you're doing with um, blockchain and the application of, uh, you know, sort of quite cutting-edge technologies, but in quite sort of human ways as well. So, I mean, it's always interesting that you can talk about blockchain and get quite removed from day-to-day -day life. But we're going to talk about that. We're going to walk through your pitch deck, have a look at some of the points in there. Maybe we can talk about Sokol first. And... For those that are listening and not watching along on the video, just on the audio, Sokol, S-O-Q-Q-L-E. It's not an obvious word. What, what does it mean? It's trying to help people to find their Sokol of friends mm -hmm. um, to pursue what they want to achieve for the future. Mm -hmm. And future is changing. Digitalization, um, how we work, how we live is changing a lot. And it's quite hard for people nowadays to find out what is their purpose. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what we're trying to solve. We're trying to solve purpose. So we have, a, we have a platform where you can find out more about your friends and brands uh, about what they stand for uh, and then get excited and rewarded for taking part on those, those what they stand for. Um, so we do that through tasks, stories, and a really interesting reward system mm. uh, on the blockchain which is what I think we're going to go we deeper are, we're going into. We are, going to go deeper, yeah. yeah. Uh, these are big questions to ask in Singapore, aren't they? I mean, it's interesting that now there's a lot of discourse about, you know, what should be my purpose? And it's almost like Singapore's a bit later to the game, isn't it? Because it's a very successful economy. Many generations have been brought up, and earlier on it was a survival economy like any emerging market, right? And yep. then it became very successful and rich, and now people are starting to ask questions, aren't they? For the first time really about, you know, what should I do with my life? Because your parents went out and they worked and they got good jobs, good incomes, a job for life. They got their CPF, their fund, and they were sorted. But now their children are coming through and asking, what's it all about? So there's a whole big shift. Um, and largely because of how young people are coming into the market. Um, the millennials, the Gen Zs. Mm. And I used to work in a big corporate bank, yeah. uh, an uh, investment bank. One and of the biggest. One of the, one of the biggest. And I saw how people were losing their jobs. And I saw how people were coming to the bank, started to do operations, and absolutely did not like it. And mm. then they started to question, what should I be doing with my life? Um, and with that, I think there's this new need or new demand where... We, even within how we socialize with our friends or even between how we know what our friends want to do, mm. that is quite difficult. I mean, I can go onto LinkedIn and check out my social network and find out what my friends are talking about. But if I want to do something, mm. where do I go? Right. Um, I can go to Facebook and find out all my friends, but do I know what they are actually, what they stand for? Mm. Not really. What, what do you mean what you stand for? So if I... If I'm green, if mm. I like to save the save the earth, um, mm. and I want to find out which of my five friends have the same goal and interest and actually want to take part in something, mm. um, there's people who will talk, but there are not a lot of people who will do. 
Mm. Um, I can go to volunteer if I if I need to, but sometimes it's not very easy to take that next step or take mm. the first step. So that's that's what um, we're trying to do. So mm. in 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 games, we have the concept of uh, for those who are gamers, we have the concept of our FM. So looking for members mm-hmm. in games, you want to do a dungeon. Uh, so in this game based situation, creating a party, isn't it? Yeah, like, creating okay. a party. You, you have that in games, but we don't have that in real life. All right. Do you come from the world of games? I do. Right. I know because World of Warcraft's on your your deck, isn't it? As well, mm. I noticed that come up as well. So explain to us that concept for those who don't game or don't come from the role playing world. Wh- what is that concept of you know building a party and then going on a quest sure. together? So what what was quite interesting there was I mean I, I we have been building this platform since last October. Um, so we have iterated five times. So every two, three months, we have iterated one version. We went out to the market, came mm-hmm. back, and we started to ask questions on what will make you more productive? Uh, how do I get you out of a current system whereby you're just spending time mm. to actually do something? Uh, and most of the time, they just go back and, and end up with their endless scrolls. And the only time when they actually do something is when they get certain rewards. Um, and one of the biggest things was tokens, was one of the biggest potential opportunities for them to to change their decisions. And then when we started to look at tokens and the blockchain, then we started to think about how do we create an economy where people want tokens. Mm. Um, and then from there we start then the next thing to do was why do I need why should I reinvent the wheel? Why not look at something whereby there's millions of players mm. in a digital world doing things, wanting a digital currency, and there's already an in-game auction house. Um, so then we applied this whole role-playing game concept so that people actually want to do something and be incentivized to do good things mm. for public good. So that's that's how the concept In the real world. In the real quote, world. Unquote, well, real yeah. world. So here what happens is you want to do something, you put up a request, people join you. Mm. There are certain things that you can do every day. You get rewarded uh, a certain number of um, rewards. If you do it with your friends, you get 10 times more. Right. Um, if you don't, If you say you're going to do something but you don't finish it, you get a penalty. If you finish it, you get maybe twice the number of rewards. Uh, you get items that can make it more cool. Make it you can get side quests by completing things. Mm. So that's what's going to be the the value of these um, tokens. You can use it to to get side quests, reduce death penalties, or uh, get double number of of um, achievements. Mm. So that's that's what this gaming thing okay. is supposed well, to be. Well, let's have a look. We'll jump into the pitch deck in a minute. And let me ask before we just do this. I mean, you're talking about doing quests. I mean, in the real world, as a party going off and doing a quest together, we're not going off and slaying dragons or rescuing, yeah. you know, people from dungeons, are we? I mean, you're talking about real things. So. Yeah. All right. So just so we establish that, I know it comes from the world of gaming, but so people understand. Let's have a quick walk through this. We'll have a look at some of the, the slides here. And I think it's interesting that you um, you start off by identifying some of the pain points here. This slide here. So for those that aren't watching on video and just listening along on the podcast, you've got this slide, which is slide two on your pitch deck, which talks about dangerously low. So you're talking about here, 13% of all employees are highly engaged. Only 30%, right? Mm. 13%, 13%. And you've got 51% of companies attempt to develop develop my eyesight's going to help me out here um business development business goals yep um only 51 percent and what's that one only six percent actually revisit them so explain to me what this this goes into the the part that you just asked me Mm. um we're not killing dragons um 
so what can we do? And and as I was giving the other example just now, when I was in the bank and people were losing their jobs, they mm. were not sure how they could contribute. Um, and they could not see the future value of what they're doing in their daily jobs. Mm. So that is what we are trying to solve here. So right. the low engagement. The, the low 13, engagement. Only thirteen yeah. percent yes. are engaged at exactly. the levels they should yep. be. And this game, this role-playing game, like a War of Warcraft, mm. doesn't just have to be for public. It could be for institutions. Right. So we we are creating. So what I'm eventually creating is a community platform as a service. Mm. So I could plug in into any companies to gamify their audience. Could be employees or their customers. Mm. Um, and this specific example is for their employees mm-hmm. as a learning and development human resource tool. Uh, and, and so what happens here is that companies can customize the task. So instead of killing monsters, how about coming, for, coming up with a better UX for my app? Right. And th- these are all within the company? Within the company. Right, okay. yeah. So here are the challenges. Here yeah. are the dungeons, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Okay, who's going to jump on board with this quest to go on? Exactly. So, so that part about who's going to come on board to solve those questions, yeah. uh, solve those tasks, is today a problem that companies have Absolutely, a problem with. Because yeah. usually, mm. usually departments are so silo. Yeah. For me to call up a finance department, when I'm not in a finance department, they're going to ask me, I'm too busy. Mm. Why are you calling me? Yeah, my but KPI is my, different as my well. KPI, right, yeah. Yeah. But here it becomes something completely independent um, and it goes, I need to do this to get an achievement that I'm the best yeah. UX person in this company. And I need some help from finance, mm. um, maybe to think about behavioral economics, mm. um, how to incentivize people. So so that, that whole element um, and that specific task can be customized by companies. Mm. So that's what the brands uh, can do. And they could even do stuff like, oh, um, volunteer for, for green or... Uh, picking up rubbish in the, on the mm. beach and those kind of stuff. Right. It doesn't have to be the CSR type that stuff as well. There's like real be. business yeah. problems like the UX as Could well. I, I like what you're doing because, you know, I've worked many years in telecoms and, you know, it's the silo, most siloed of all organizations out there. You know, you have the guys that just do engineering, the making the widgets, those that sell it and so on. Everybody's very focused on their thing, their silo. And what you tend to find is that the actual insights they cut across all of that so like you said you know there may be a guy in finance and there might be somebody who is in the events business and somebody in pr the guy in the mail room so to speak or one of the secretaries you know you could join the dots across all of these different departments and teams who naturally normally wouldn't come together for whatever reason those walls right yeah but that that's the challenge that businesses and brands have to address to stay relevant today yep. because if they want to create a team that deals with UX, it can't just be the designers. You've yep. got to get all these other people involved, right? And it's a challenge, isn't it? Because the DNA of the organization doesn't allow that. But you're coming in and saying, hey, look, we found a way of cutting across here and doing that. So well, my, my question to be was, you know, you've talked about UX as an example. Where, what examples do you have of this? Where, where would this apply? Would it be those kind of obvious examples? Have you taken this to organisations yet and been surprised by what? So come right back now, the, one of the biggest ones is um, so we've got one one local bank who signed up for our beta, mm. um, and they're interested in using this for their high potential employees. Um, the specific use case of, like for example, UX. 
uh, is dependent on the on the, on the on the on the department that wants to use it. So it could span anything. Um, but high potential employees was one of the biggest things that they wanted to solve because these people are so good mm. that they've already outgrown their scope and they have no idea what to do. Uh, and it's hard for a high potential employee to find another high potential employee because exactly. you have no idea who they are. So, so um, and then coming up with, with tasks that they could do. Uh, and, the, and the key goal is the person who decides um, that it's a UX task is going to be from the business. It's going to be a business uh demand mm. like for example a bank could be saying we want to we want to grab more market share around our qr code app for payments mm. um, and they want a, a user to come up with ideas so they get an employee who might who is potentially going to be a user to do it um, so it's going to be aligned towards the business goals as opposed to to just Oh, I need to do a spreadsheet and mm, mm. send it out uh, at 7 p.m. every day. So that's that's where it's going to go. Who actually comes up with a task though? So is it one of those high potential employees says, "Hey guys, we need to do this. These are the goals that have been set for us. We need to do this." Are you on board? So or right not? right now, I'm working with the innovation department. Mm. So the innovation departments will come up with where the business needs to be more innovative. So it could be in augmented reality, it could be in VR, it could be voice, and and they see where the trends are going, mm. and then they have to work with the business heads on on what they want to to achieve for the business. Um, so it's going to be more independent, um, or it could be a specific department who wants to do it within their team mm. to improve on, for example, leadership skills, um, on maybe doing a team working with their internal team to do a side project. Mm. So the, the the use cases are broad, but it really depends on on what they want to achieve. So it's, it's, this platform is built as an open platform. It's just a platform as a service. Mm-hmm. Um, tasks, quest- uh, questions. So one of the one of the biggest use case that we have, um, uh, the, the platform is built as, uh, instead of killing monsters, instead of killing 10 monsters, you're answering 10 questions. Mm. So we, we the concept of stories uh, come up from heroes, comes from, with heroes. So we have innovation, digitalization, data science, uh, programming as we have different heroes uh, set up in the system so th- those are so we have like default uh, vanilla heroes that people can follow learn mm. and get tasks based on those heroes so if you choose for example Iron Man as a hero to follow mm. Mm. you learn how to you learn about chatbots like mm. Jarvis if you learn to be you, if you if you pick up Captain America you might learn about biotechnology mm-hmm um, so if, and then your goal is to try if you if you choose Iron Man your goal is to find a Captain America within the bank to form an Avengers right okay so that's that's that's, that's this game element um, within the platform so you actually have to go out and find that person oh uh, you get matched right okay you get matched but who decides that there's a match uh, so my platform does your platform decides yeah. okay so that's where you, you, you're building teams internally exactly okay so Explain to me a bit about the heroes again, because I was, I was interested in that. I mean, I mean, I love storytelling. So this when you about. when you join the platform, yeah, there's one tab that says heroes. Yeah, when, when you click on the tab, you get to see. Right now, I have four heroes. Um, you get to see four heroes with their with their avatars. Yeah, these are the archetypes that you. Right? Yeah, yep. exactly archetypes. That's cool. So <laughs> heroes with storylines. Mm. So I have different storylines whereby there's. Uh, right now, one of them is called a digital nomad. Mm. So it's a digitalization guy. So he has the power to at will face in and out of a digital realm, mm. which represents the ability for people to really think digitally. 
So he has a different personality and and and, and skill. And there's a whole story about him. Like, how did he get to that stage? Right. And how does he fight? And there's a certain story. And as you progress through the story, um, the story starts from, for example, um, businesses are, 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 are failing because they are not innovative enough. Mm. So then I have questions that set up for innovation. Mm-hmm. I've uh, Throughout this story, he also participates in government um, programs. So I also talk about how governments are, inno- are innovative, what programs are there. Right. globally so it goes through a story and as you as you level up through the game and mm. by completing tasks mm. you open up more lines so you you, start, you you end up going into um digitalization in healthcare digitalization in in defense mm. or warfare or, or, or um defense mm. and and so that's that's what these stories are supposed to do so are those stories like character or classes in the yes. old okay yes. so, all right i got you all right you're right now if you told me in those contexts yeah, I guess, I, so if you're a gamer classes, yeah that I can choose. Yes. So I can, you know, I mean, people are familiar with this now. This is no longer sort of confined to the world of geeks. <laughs> sure. People are familiar with the idea of levels and yep. getting points and so on. So, all right. So I can go in as a user and choose a class, a story, a yes. hero, right? Which, yep. you know, fits what I feel is the right yep. kind of, you know, where avatar your, for me. Where right? your direction is going, yeah. Interesting. Why do you think they have to do that? Is it, does it, it's kind of, is it like the sort of the karaoke ideas that, you know, is it an Asian thing in the sense that, you know, Asians often a little bit scared of getting up on the mic, but if you give them a, a personality or an avatar, you know, you give the Japanese a singing as Michael Jackson or Elvis Presley, they'll do a great job of it. But if they're themselves, terrible. Because is, is that kind of, you know, that sort well, of... Well, kind of. Uh, I mean, the, the reason why we went with this hero's concept or, or archetypes mm. concept is, well, I have a story for, I mean, I have, I have a reason for that because like blockchain and Bitcoin. Mm. Um, the question that I had was, why don't I have more Bitcoin? And it's not just because I, I missed it. It's, the question is, what was I doing seven years ago? Um, and, and why, when I heard it, my mind was that it's only used for certain negative reasons. Mm. Um, so it's very, very difficult for people today to know what's happening around the world. Um, there's, there's quantum computing, there's VR, there's voice, but people on the streets, people in schools, universities may not even be sharing that kind of insights. Um, so if there was a platform out there that seven years ago could tell me mm. there's such a thing called blockchain um, and it's somehow made in a very cool way through either stories or heroes or classes, mm. there's, a like, there's a higher chance of me actually doing it. Um, and if you just give me a blank sheet of paper, I wouldn't know what to do. So right. I, we have to create maybe 10 different heroes. And these heroes are going to grow and change. Uh, it's going to get more and more based on what the audience... So we're going to make it user-driven as well. Mm. Um, so that's where it's going to go. Got it. All right. Well, let's go back to the pitch deck and maybe have a look at some of the examples here. All right. We've, we've really just started here. I'm going to skip through, if you allow me, Daniel. Is that sure. you know, we... Um, we talked about what Sokol is. So you say you're a blockchain-powered company. We haven't really talked about blockchain. Yet. I'm, yet. Kind of, I'm holding it. I'm holding okay. it. We're going we're gonna to release that in the last part. Um, we talked about the hero's journey here. Um, really interesting that you talk about needs as well. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you're not watching this on the video, the five genetic needs, you identify survival, love, belonging, power, freedom, and fun. Um, so love and belonging together, right? But th- these are fundamental needs. And I think that, you know, you're talking about in the world of work, people's need for meaning. 
and for you know to feel significance right that they're doing i'm here for a reason right you talk you know, this is where we started this conversation yep. today isn't it why am i here what am i doing with my life you know am i important you know when i end this journey will i have done something useful with my time right so you know you've started to talk about this and then what is this part here before we sort of jump into the blockchain i know there's some data being thrown around in this um, pitch deck you talk about 20 percent gain what is that in productivity as a result of so if you're more objective focused your goal is driven around i want to achieve things there's an outcome in doing ux uh, right. there's 20 percent chance of me being way more productive and actually taking action right so this is more from an enterprise version the employee is going to do more hmm. if you make it more objective driven and goal focused or problem solving problem focused right so let me be difficult here and try and understand is that somebody might argue that why do you have to gamify it right you know why don't you just give meaningful work to people in these organizations? Why does it have to be a game? It's almost, somebody might argue it's almost making it a bit gimmicky, isn't it? How would you deal with so that? So there's two types of games. You have um, gamification and game-based learning. So this kind of goes a bit deeper into the education world that we have today. Um, one of it is what users on the street want. Mm. Um, and to really differentiate ourselves from other social platforms out there and we have done our market validation as well we're not on the streets we tested we asked if i were to give you if i were to give you blockchain um even even actually the concept of games um they don't they, they, they go like okay I, they're not that interested but if you if you make it cool engaging and fun uh, and that goes back to the other slide which is belonging was mm. what what people actually oh wow i get to feel that i belong in a bigger community um and as well as I mean, from a game-based learning standpoint, there's a lot of work that has gone on in schools that has proven that problem-based, mm. um, game-based, and not just gamification. Gamification goes around giving you points, giving you a candy at the end of something. And sometimes that is very short-term um, and it's not longer-term goal. But mm. if you can do a game-based where there's progression, you have, to do, you have to master your foundations first before you can do something bigger. Um, and then there's, it's tied to a way bigger goal of, like killing a dragon, right? Then there's, people will do it. So would you say that you're game based as opposed game to game? Based. Okay, so I don't understand the difference, but now that you explain it to me, I do. Yeah. So let me just kind of can I repeat that back to sure. you? So I've got it. So gamification, like you say, is giving somebody candy if they do a task. So you know they associate doing the task with a reward, right? Game based is like you mentioned having progression and levels and a longer term target. And, you know, you might be part of something and there's all that that goes into it as well. So yep. there's actually quite a big difference, isn't it? And I think people only know about gamification, yep. really. But what you're saying is, you know, learning, really, all of learning, school, hmm. education, systems, work, is game-based at yep. some point, is it? Maybe it's just not connected properly. Exactly. Social networks were also supposed to be about learning. Right. Supposed to be. How do you mean? We were all supposed to learn from our friends, what right. they're doing. Um, we're supposed to learn about what they want to do. How can we learn together with them? But we are not really doing that a lot mm. today. Mm. It's been gamified, maybe. We get gamified. We get we get gamification. <laughs> right. But it's very strong if you can combine game-based with a unique gamification, which is the blockchain part. Right, okay. Let's go there. Let's talk about that then. Where does blockchain come into all of this? So two parts. Number one, which is tokens. Mm. Um, so our, our market testing there was you would be more productive if you 
if there's a reward of a token, mm. which, gave, which gave us a very interesting point of view. Uh, so I believe that tokens have the ability to change a person's behavior for, for the better. Mm. So where there is a very, where there is an intrinsic uh, motivation, like being green or learning, usually people are too lazy. They mm. say they, they want to learn. Everyone wants to be more better. Everyone wants to be better I mean themselves, but they'd rather go to sleep. Mm. But if I were to give you a token um, for five minutes of learning, there's a much higher chance of a person making a decision to do right. it. So that one example there was Saturday morning, 8 a.m., would you sleep or spend five minutes to learn something new? Mm. If I give, so chances are you go back to sleep. But if I give you a token where the value is not clear, mm. uh, it could be used for achievements or having a lunch with a CEO or whatever, there's a much higher chance of you taking a decision. So we think that it's very strong for stuff like that, uh, for being green, for being for taking wellness, mm. taking care of your family and stuff like that. Um, so it can change a person's behavior for intrinsic uh, motivations. So we, so I see that a token can change. It's a seed of transformation. Mm. So my goal is to give a token to everybody's right. hands in the world. So that's number one. Tokens as, as a really strong motivation. It's kind of marketing. And secondly, uh, we are putting achievements that people earn and complete on the blockchain. Mm. And the goal for that is to make achievements, which is social reputation, transparent. Mm -hmm. So I've mentioned about like a World of Warcraft or a game, people on the street can use this platform to engage with brands. I've also mentioned about where enterprises themselves could be using this internally. Um, the third part was educational institutions like universities. So we mm -hmm. have a few that signed up for our beta and I'm exhibiting in EduTech Asia in October. So those who are coming for the exhibition in, in, in Suntech on the 9th and 10th, feel free to visit us. So universities are the third part of this puzzle. We are mm. trying to put everyone onto one blockchain so that achievements, reputation, and references would be way easier to, to validate and justify. Mm. Um, and no one really owns it except the, the user, the person. Who earns it? Yeah, that's interesting. There, there's been a lot of talk, and especially people who come into the show about putting HR onto the blockchain and doing it in different ways, and people adding different bits as they go along. And you're, you know, that part you're talking about university and achievements and reputation, putting that on the blockchain. Because now, you know, if I want to get my transcript from university, I've got to go back to the university in a different country, a different time zone, et cetera, et cetera. So it's locked in that silo, isn't it? And then, you know, I want to take that across to the world of work and take that with me. It shouldn't be like a different system and so on. Yep. And so it, it, people are sort of realizing there's a lot of challenges here in HR because there's a lot of siloing of information that can be carried across, right? Yep. And I know people are sort of working at a different end where they're talking about, you know, references, for example, yep. which is coming from a different angle of what yep. you're doing about, you know, how could you, for example, everything you've ever done in the business, like all the projects you've done and yep. your, your awards, yep. how can you take that with you when you leave? Exactly. Because right now that's all locked in yep. the company, isn't it? Yep. So people are trying to free this up. Now, I would argue that there would be people who say that's not a good idea. Sure. Because, you know, large organizations exist. They have a, an architecture which reinforces that behavior, right? Which is 
you know, very top down. So if you start freeing all that information up, as much as it motivates employees, which is great, at the end of the day, it may change the structure of a business because now you're kind of, you know, siloing exists for a reason, right? You know, it's not necessarily great for everybody. It serves somebody's purpose, right? Well, siloing is there because of assembly lines when cars were created and they needed a better way to create products. Um, and that has changed. I mean, nowadays we have automation, so that's not required anymore. Um, but to the point on on what we are trying to save on the blockchain is reputation. Mm. Um, preferably good reputation. I'd not, I, I don't know what we're going to do with bad reputation, whether we're going to start it on the blockchain. Mm. But we want to store stuff like yeah, like the most social best helper in the community, mm. for example. And those are things that that um, we've not had situations whereby companies say, no, I don't want to, I don't want you to tell everyone else that you are the best. Because I mean in today's world, it's the same thing, even with or without the blockchain. Mm. Um, they don't suppress your your good behavior. So um we've not had we have not had that situation. But the goal of the blockchain is not really to try and I mean, in this case, this second example is not really to, to, to change the business model, but to give improvements in time saving, mm. um, authenticity, validation. When a student graduates from university, when he joins the workforce, he realizes, oh, the company is using Sokol as well. Mm -hmm. And it's all within the same blockchain. Um, and if, even, if it's not, if, even if it's another human resource platform using the blockchain, they can see it as well. Mm. So it's, it can be used in different ways. Um, but blockchain is also one more step way bigger whereby we could set up um, decentralization algorithms that actually can uh, can try to prove the person's um, contribution. So what that means is, so like Bitcoin, we have proof of work mm. where you prove that the 15-minute task done to solve mathematics um, is giving work um, and that creates a, the, the coin. Um, and we can create something similar uh, and we are not there yet, but the plan is that we want to create something similar where all organizations on this platform can prove that the student or the user is, is, is doing his part for the world. Mm. In this case, the future. So my proof is originally proof of learning, proving that a person is learning and growing but also linking that to where the world is going towards. Mm. So proof of future is where I'm going. So the university can prove that what they are teaching is related to where the world is going towards because they're hooked up to mm. companies. Companies can prove that with their human resource um, processes that they're actually encouraging employees to be better. Um, and then I have other types of companies who are doing something similar. So one of the other areas is gaming. So I'm also going into the gaming mm. world. As you can imagine, one of my users are gamers. So we are creating an ecosystem for, for gaming as well, where companies, publishers, advertisers, owners can prove that they are actually not just there for money, but to grow the whole ecosystem. So that becomes a proof of future as well. So everyone has to be has, everyone has to align mm. towards this so that it's a self-fulfilling, self-running decentralization protocol. Mm. Yeah, I mean, think about, for example, what Glassdoor has done for reviews about companies. And now companies realize it's not a threat, but it's actually a good thing for them to be on Glassdoor and to get good ratings and so on. 
you know, if what you're doing is adopted by enough companies, they'll get to a stage where they'll see that that, you know, that rating of them or what people are saying about them because it's out in the public yep. about how they're improving the, the community and the ecosystem around them, which involves, you know, the community and the people within the organization. You know, are they helping them learn? Are they becoming better people? Are they becoming happier? Are they fulfilling their needs? Yep. In theory, we should be able to quantify that, measure it and compare it. So I know, for example, if I went and worked for Sokol, as an example, I can see the information here, that this is, you know, what happened when people joined the organization. And after this amount of time, this is what happened to those people. Yep. Okay, salary aside, benefits aside. Yep. This is the human angle of emotional angle yep. of what happened to them as people. I mean, that's really interesting. We haven't quantified that yep. yet. Is that where we can go with this? That's where we're going to go with it. And you can see it. And the, and the beauty of it is all in five minutes. Mm. Bang. This is just there. Mm. Uh, and that's also why I've been going around Asia. So we went to, I was in Korea for one month, Vietnam for one month, Thailand for, for one month, just to validate that this concept works uh, in Asia. Because mm. I have to prove that this platform is not just a Singapore platform. What did you learn? So I've learned that comp all kinds of companies love the idea and they've all signed up for the, the platform um, when the beta is live. So we're doing a Kickstarter uh, in December just to mm. do a make way bigger um, kickstart for, for this platform. So we have got some of the biggest companies in Korea, literally top 10, who love this concept of how they could not compete with others but collaborate to, for better good. Mm. We have got big uh, universities. Here we have Polytechnics. Um, in, in we have some of the biggest uh, game companies who who join this ecosystem. Um, got bank here, so we've got quite a quite a lot of companies who go, wow, this is for for people mm. uh, and growth. So so that's 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 what I think people are interested in. and Companies are loving. Yeah, well, increasingly people are realizing it's important on both sides for talent looking for companies where they're going to be treated well and also for companies now realize how important that is for their recruitment and how much money they spend on getting talent it's it's also how we positioned it it's also how i positioned it so when i put this in front of the gaming companies mm. it was about growing esports and eventually affecting their bottom line where there's a new channel of reaching out to people and it's not just about paper clicks um, it's about achievement hunting. Yeah. It's, so I'm, we are trying to do achievements as a form of advertising where a company, for example, like Starbucks, could be selling how green they are around mm. their organic mm. beans or, or sustainability as opposed to selling their coffee. And to do that, they are giving a task for people to do to volunteer in a farm. Mm. Um, and that's branded by Starbucks, for example. And that's a way to differentiate themselves from others. Yeah. And in this case, what the users don't know is that they are volunteering. I mean, they are, they are, the users are actually earning marketing budget. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. If you put it like that. So that's, I mean, that's, that's what they go, oh, wow, that's really interesting because yeah. it's a new channel. Um, and for the first time, we are reversing advertising. Mm. It's not me trying to pull people to me. It's actually... Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not me trying to push my, my, my ideals, but I'm trying to bring people to, to, to come to me mm. to earn what I have. So th that's, that's a different way. Um, there's, there's, there is one model in the blockchain world that did that really well, which is Sweatcoin. Mm -hmm. So let, they let people somehow, for some reason, walk 
uh, a thousand steps and get one dollar worth of token, um, the, the, the users are thinking that they earn a dollar, but all they're earning is vouchers that they can redeem mm. um, from brands. So that was a very interesting model because then people, people want to know um, more about those brands uh, as a way to get this. So tokens, very strong for that because it, it's, it's not tied to a dollar. It's tied mm. to something that's non-tangible. Mm. So that's, that's, that's what we're trying to do. Excellent. Well, Daniel, it's been a real um, insight. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing that with us. What would be the best way for people to reach out to you? What is the most preferred channel for you? Is it you, are you a Telegram man or you LinkedIn email? What works for you? To 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 me? Or yeah, for you personally. Uh, email is good. I'm on I'm LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, so you definitely can find me at Daniel. Sokol. We've got all the yeah. We've got all the details. All the details. The yep. Um, and you're doing your your um, fundraising. You've got the Kickstarter program coming up in correct. December. Yep. It opens in December. Yes. Do you have a target? In mind, uh, or is it? Do you announcing that soon? Yeah, we'll be announcing that soon. Right. So okay. so follow us. So yeah. Get on board. We'll put all the details when you make that public as well. What I would love as well, Daniel, is for you to come back on the show after Kickstarter. That would be awesome. Because you will have learned a lot in that process. And I think as well is that, you know, success or failure, whatever happens in the Kickstarter, hopefully success, and I think it will go great, is that you will onboard a lot of fans. I mean, you, exactly. you're building fans. You have fans in your community. But I think Kickstarter, it's not just about money, is it? It's about getting people it's on board, about getting the, creating a tribe. Exactly. And that would be really interesting what lessons you've learned. So please come back on at some time early next year Definitely. and update us. Daniel Shen, everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.